where adventure awaits during Jeep Adventure Days going on now at Bettenhausen Jeep on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Bettenhausen has hundreds of new Jeeps to choose from with great 0% and special leasing offers. Your best Jeep buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. 100.3 HD2. And the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Here we go. It's another edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I'm Pat Boyle coming to you from our first Midwest Bank Studios in downtown Chicago. Hawks in a wild one last night against the Colorado Avalanche. Eight goals scored in the final period and uh, they end up losing last night 6-4 to uh, the hottest team in the NHL. Abs have won nine straight. I think they've only lost one game in regulation over their last 23 contests, Brian. That's crazy. That, 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 that's, that's what you aspire to, right? Yes. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's the model of consistency. And they still need a goaltender. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, that that Francis, uh, it, it was the first goal the Hawks got by him in 121 minutes last night when uh, Hagel uh, got the goal to, to start the, the frantic and uh, hectic third period. Uh, at the United Center, but uh, for a team that is looking for a goalie, he's their backup. He, he, has, he hasn't looked too bad. No, he seems to be holding it down pretty well for a team that you just can't lose. What a week, though, Pat. I mean, you talk in honor of Mike Murphy, this is a week where you have 10 pounds of stuff to, to shove into a five-pound bag. I mean, you have injuries. You have a major announcement from the organization about when they're going to get the hiring done and what it's going to look like, and we've got a town hall coming up. I mean, you've got a new line. You've discovered a line that's clicking and, and going on all cylinders. I mean, man, man, oh, man, was there a lot of news. Uh, Nick Olchek making his debut, um, you know, subbing for, for Pops. But what, a, what a week. Yeah, I want to get into that a little bit later on, uh, the the whole story of, of how Nick Olchek, uh, you know, had to take over the broadcasting headsets for his dad, who was under the weather, uh, we'll tackle that later. we got Patrick Sharp, the three-time Stanley Cup champion, joining us at the bottom of the hour. It's great to see him back on TV last night with us on NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, it was it was a crazy week. Nice victory over Detroit, which uh, uh, that turned into a gong show as, as they won that one 8-5. to five. The team that you were like, all right, right, let's can we get some offense? Yeah, how about eight goals? Uh, we saw Dylan Strome there you go. get his first NHL hat trick. What a resurgence from Strome. You really look at, 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 at where he's been. You know, he was in the doghouse uh, under Jeremy Colleton. Even when Derek King took over, Brian, uh, he was a healthy scratch quite yeah. a bit early on. In his last nine games, he's got four goals and seven assists. And you mentioned they found a, a, a new top line. It's it's Brandon Hagel, it's Dylan Strome in the middle, and it's Patty Kane on the right side. So Dylan Strome, is this increasing uh, market value? Is he still heading out the door? Or is this resurgence and, and happy to have you here? And hopefully arbitration doesn't get too crazy because, well, it really can't, can it? Um, and he's part of your pieces uh, that you're building around as you move forward. 
Yeah, I mean that that's kind of where we're at with this this franchise, you know, like it, you know, he's making 3 million this year. He'll be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. And there's a lot of decisions that need to be made with this team. And right now, interim general manager Kyle Davidson has uh, total autonomy of uh, hockey ops. As you mentioned, big announcement this week from Danny Wirtz saying that uh, the, the GM search is on, that Kyle is going to be a candidate, is a candidate, and will interview for the job. That will be the top executive spot uh, on the hockey ops side of the ledger. So I guess not unlike the Bears situation with polls being the top football operations, whoever is the new general manager for the Blackhawks will report to Danny Wirtz and uh, they will be the the strongest voice on the hockey ops side. So the, the decision of what they do with Dylan Strom, my my situation with this, I, I like Dylan. I think he's a he's a great guy. I think there's still more to tap into. I I do have I struggle with the inconsistencies with him o- over sure. the past couple of years, and he's kind of he, he's a high skilled guy, not a great skater. He's definitely you're a he's a top six forward. He's a top six centerman. He's better at center than he is on the wing. He's really improved at the faceoff circle. He's 12th in the league at the dot, winning 57% wow. of his draws. So, I mean, that that is, I mean, if that is sustainable, uh, that's another feather in his cap. The, the question is, this team has got to take a step or two back to make up some ground here as far as their the talent on their roster. And, uh, you know, what could you get for a Dylan Strome? Probably a third-round pick. Maybe if he continues to ascend here and uh, piles or up the put points. Him in, put him in as a sweetener and a, sweetener. a deal with Flurry or whomever. I mean, if you're trying to make a bigger deal or got three teams involved, you know, you you get him involved there too and you get creative. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not just a straight-up one, you know, Strome for a draft pick type deal. Yeah, and... and so that March 21st is the trade deadline and the Blackhawks look to have the new general manager in position before that trade deadline. But, but let's be honest, the trade deadlines, I mean, the, the process has already started. The phone sure. is, is ringing uh, and it's, it's right now Kyle Davidson who is fielding those calls and weighing the options. I just, I'm wondering how this is all going to work out over the next couple of months, when does this person get into place? If it is Kyle, that that seemingly would make it much easier because he's been in the chair, you know, since November and he's been fielding the calls. He's weighed the options. He knows the cap situation inside and out. If it's not him and it's somebody else, you know, how much time do they have to kind of get their bearings and, and know exactly what they want to do at a really critical juncture for this franchise. And if it's not Kyle Davidson, by the way, uh, that's our Twitter poll question today, part of it anyway. Uh, who do you want to stay? Kyle Davidson, Derek King. Derek King talked about wanting to be around here, and why wouldn't he be? Uh, talked about, you know, basically, yeah, sure, I'd like to stick around as the head coach. So uh, Kyle Davidson, Derek King, both or neither, those are your choices. Um 
on the ESPN 1000 Twitter poll, and uh, I, I will tweet it out. You've tweeted it out. Um, do you know enough about it? And, and, and if they go, and so they said they're going to have that GM in place by the trade deadline and hopefully sooner because, as you mentioned, there's a lot of, a lot of work to be done and should be ongoing right now. Does Kyle Davidson stick around if it's not him? Is to, to help the transition as assistant GM, or does he immediately pack up because it's just not a very good position to be in? As aspirations go, Pat, this statement from, you know, the words is that they're going to find the best strategic mind who can build and develop a hockey operations leadership team that will be best in class across professional sports. There's a bar. I mean, yeah. there, are, there are bars set and there's that. Wow. So, uh, you know, everyone believes that they go out and get the best available, you know, see the bears and see the reaction. Um, but I, I mean, that, that is the best in all across all professional sports that hopefully that's the case, but we'll wait and see. So Danny Wirtz is going to lead the interview process in this search for the new general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, along with the president of business operations, Jamie Faulkner. And then Brian, they're going to have this support, this, this uh, advisory group to to counsel them. This advisory committee is going to be comprised of leaders across the sports industry, along with their search partners. So on Wednesday, there's going to be a town hall at the United Center. Rocky Wirtz, Danny Wirtz, Jamie Faulkner will be there. They're going to kind of lay out uh, the, the the process that they're going to take to find this this new voice for hockey ops and they're going to i think unveil the the advisory committee and um i I think having just gone through this with the bears you know that advisory committee you only had really faith in bill polian right and and Uh, a lot of people didn't a lot of people didn't even have faith in the hall of famer because he hadn't been active in the league for a decade sure i think you're going to be really impressed with the the group that they assemble for this advisory committee I, I think I, it's going to be some names that you're like, yep, I trust that person. Yeah, that's what it looks uh, like. That's a yeah. voice I want in yeah. that room that is representing, you know, a large faction of Blackhawks fans out there. Somebody who knows the game, who maybe has blood for this team over the years and has 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 vested interest in the direction. You know, it's not one of these... Uh, let's pick somebody from a search firm from New York, bring them into town, pay them X number of dollars. Ernie Acorsi. Yeah, Here's right. John Fox, and where's my check? No, th- th- there's yeah. going to be some people on this committee that you're like, that, that's, that's somebody I want in that room deciding the future of this franchise. That's terrific. I, I, I believe I covered the one and only town hall meeting prior to this. Um, because people on Twitter immediately got got at me and said, "Hey, Brian, remember that? Remember what a disaster that was?" Because they opened the mic to fans, <laughs> and it was not what you call the glory days of the Blackhawks. There had been no three cups in a decade, so I think my lead was like, "Well, at least the food was good." They handed out free food to everybody, uh, and then it quickly went downhill from there. <laughs> they fed the masses, but you know, different times with Mike Smith and and the kids and all that. So, but yeah, this I, I can't wait to see this committee because. That will speak volumes, again, with the statement of what they're looking for. And then they put together a blue ribbon panel that actually looks like a blue ribbon panel. Then then you're encouraged. Your thoughts on the direction this franchise is going and the process they're going to take to find 
a general manager. Give us a call at 312-332-3776. Dylan Strom's resurgence on the other side. And the uh, the story of one Nick Olchek taking over uh, for Eddie Olchek in the broadcast booth this past week. It's uh, If you haven't heard it, it's uh, it's quite the story. And Patrick Sharp at the bottom of the hour. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Able to keep it away from Sam Gagne. Pass across. Score! Redirect by Dylan Strom off the feed from Alex to break it. It's a power play goal. 2-0 Chicago. And now Patrick Kane chasing after it. Kane drops it back off for Strom. Strom shoots. He scores! His second of the period off a beautiful feed from Kane. The Blackhawks take a 3-0 lead. A minute 10 remaining on the power play for the Blackhawks. Jones shoots. Score! Deflected in front. A hat-trick for Strom. 5-3 Chicago. Dylan Strom with a huge night in Detroit on Wednesday. That was Kenny Albert. TNT had the call. First career hat-trick for Strom. I, Brian, I'd never seen this before. One lone hat on, on the ice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, no octopus either. No, no octopus there in uh, in Detroit. By the way, you know the reason why they throw uh, the octopus, right? In Detroit, it used to be eight, eight games. wins. Yeah. yeah, eight wins to to, to win, win the cup, the cup uh, yeah. back in the original six days. And I loved because they there was a time where they actually were patting people down to make sure they didn't bring them in. There's there was one yes. butcher one butcher shop or yeah. meat shop in which would sell. Like people would stop on the way to the game and pick up their their supply of octopi, and uh, you know they would be stuffing them in places you wouldn't really want to know because you weren't allowed to bring them in, and they would still end up on the ice. So yeah, that's a tradition. I I don't know if I could really sign up for. No, like you know, no, I'm good. Yeah, um, I, I like I'm, mine grilled or or yeah. or part deep fried, of, deep fried maybe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little, little white lemon wedge and, sure. and some cocktail, cocktail sauce. sauce. Absolutely. But, Amen. I mean, yeah, this line, uh, courtesy of uh, your guy, Charlie Romeliotis, um, so far, Hagel, Kane, and Strom, uh, when even strength and together, had, they've led in shot attempts 16 and 11, shots on goals 11 to 3, scoring chances 7 to 5, and goals 2 to 1. Don't break them up, he says. <laughs> I agree. Here, here. Uh, so what your thoughts on Dylan Strom, 312-332-3776. Has he shown you enough here? And with that great start he had after being acquired from Arizona, where he was almost a, a point-per-game guy over 56 games, I think it was, that year. Or do you think there's just too much inconsistencies? And, you know, like everybody other than Kane, Taves, and Seth Jones, everybody's on the table and uh, whatever you need to do to better this this roster as far as talent-wise, uh, you're up for as far as trading goes. 312-332-3776. Wanted to get to Brandon Hagel. You know, he got the thing going last night, the crazy third period for the Blackhawks, uh, where they finally, uh, you know, got some uh, s- some pucks in the net and passed uh, Francis. Uh He ends up with two goals last night. His was of the, you know, the net front presence variety, yep. the first one. 
redirecting, I think it was Murphy's shot from the point. Uh, so, again, playing elite teams close but not winning. Here's what Hagel had to say afterwards. No one wants to just keep losing and say, oh, it's, we played well, we played well. Like, I, like We still want to be in that playoff race and we're not too far behind. And we got to string some games together and these are the games that we need to kind of win. Yeah, the, uh, the good job, good effort is not enough for, for a guy like Brandon Hagel. You know, he's a guy too, Brian, that I think you're going to see Kyle Davidson have several uh, text messages and phone mm-hmm. calls about he's not making a lot of money. He could play up and down the lineup. He could play on your top line like he is for the Blackhawks. He could certainly play a middle six role and on a uh, a talent-laden team. He could also uh, he could also play a fourth role, fourth line role. So, I mean, th- that's a type of guy that I could see. I could see a GM saying, "Look, oh sure, here's here's a late first rounder," uh, and you know, I it, that'd be a tough decision. Uh, but I was going to say, and if you're Kyle Davidson, your answer would be, "Let me sleep on it. No, thank you. Uh, don't call this number again or deal." Right. Well, and and uh, because the process is ongoing. I know, I, I know he's got total autonomy of hockey ops right now, but when it comes to moving, let's just say, Marc-Andre Fleury, he obviously would have to go to ownership, Danny Wirtz and Rocky and Jamie Faulkner, and, mm-hmm. and say, this is the plan, this is what I'm thinking. But if they're in the process of also picking the new voice of hockey ops that may not want to go a certain way or route or say goodbye to, like you said, maybe a Brandon Hagel who somebody offers you a lot for, uh, that's going to be an interesting dilemma. What 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 can Kyle do up until they pick that person? But again, if, if he is the front runner, maybe that that leash is, is a lot longer and this is not this is such a, uh, a, a gray discussion. Maybe it's a lot more black and white if, if he indeed is the front runner. Yeah, and if if he's just under consideration, and you know they don't give him any indication, I mean, ostensibly he has whatever, you know, he can make whatever moves he wants to. But they've told us now that the new GM will be in place before the trade deadline, and I would guess it wouldn't be on the eve of the trade deadline. Do they try to put teams off and you know? To, uh, but if you're if you're trying to make that deal for Brandon Hagel or whomever, three weeks from now rather than seven weeks from now. Um, you know, how, how does that work? Because, they, you know, other teams just might move on if they think you're in some sort of holding pattern until you get whomever the, the new faces are involved in, right? Yes. So, hey, I want to get to this Nick Olchek story real quickly. So last Saturday, uh, the Blackhawks were in St. Paul taking on the Wild. And I was doing the pregame show. They got in my ear with about five minutes to go on the show, and they said, Hey, don't tease that it's Pat and Edzo. Edzo's under the weather. Edzo may not do the game. I was like, okay. And so we sign off on the pregame show with Colby Cohen and Kaylee Chelios, and we're sitting there watching the monitors, and we've got the live feed to the booth, and I see Pat Foley getting ready to do the open, and I see Nick Olchek putting on the headset and trying to get wired up and ready to go. And we're like, okay, I guess Nick is, uh, so obviously something's going on with Edzo. He's not feeling well. Nick was going to do radio for WGN, so he he slides over to TV. And then the open rolls, okay, the open rolls, 
Pat comes on and the Chris Collinsworth slide in that you see on NBC, Edzo <laughs> slides in. And I'm like, wait a minute here. I just saw Nick getting ready to go. I was told that Edzo was under the weather. Did they tape this open? And so, no, no, sure enough, Edzo was trying to, you know, gut through this thing. Yeah. And even though it wasn't 100%. So he begins the broadcast and he does the first and second period as you know, his usual great job. But he, he wasn't doing well. As he admitted uh, the other day on, on the air, a cardiovascular uh, issue that he had been dealing with. So the Minnesota doctors were checking him out between periods. Well, they, they decide, hey, Edzo, you need to go to the hospital. You need to get checked out. So they slide a note, and they go into the, the radio booth, and they tell Nick, Nick, you're going to have to come over now. And, you know, For the second time, they're telling him this. Now, you're going to come over and, and do the rest of the game. Well, you've got this this young guy who's, let me tell you something about Nick Olchek. I mean, uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's an amazing family. He played college hockey. He's paid his dues in every facet of this business. Goes to Indianapolis and calls the Indy Fuel games. Goes to TNT during the week and does uh, video producing for them. Does it for us at NBC Sports Chicago. He's held 50 hats and he's and he's worn them all well. So, He's told that dad isn't feeling well. He's been checking on his dad throughout the game. So he's got to come over and make his debut with the Hall of Famer Pat Foley, knowing his dad is getting a police escort to a St. Paul hospital. I I was like, can you imagine the, the mental gymnastics that was going on in that young man's head as he's getting ready to, to get the break of something that he's wanted to do since he was five years old. It, it was crazy, Brian. Yeah, as he, as he told Charlie in, in that terrific piece at NBC Sports Chicago, three-quarters of his brain is with his dad on the way to the hospital wondering what's going on with, with Eddie. And and the other quarter is like, I got you know, I got to focus in on what I'm doing here. And, I mean, could you have done a better job? I don't believe so. It was seamless. And so um, I, I wanted to ask you that. I mean, obviously, you you watch every game. Colby yeah. Cohen made a good point yesterday. He said of everybody watching last Saturday night when Nick took over for Edzo, he guessed that fifty percent still thought it was Edzo because the mannerisms, the cadence, uh, personality—it's it, very very similar. Yeah, it really is, and I loved. I loved they said, uh, just you know, it's uh, you got the old check that's a tad better looking, right? <laughs> so, so rumor has it that we may get a Nick Olchek sighting here on the hockey show uh, in the not too distant future. I, he did tell me he's got a suit guy now. We're, so we're oh. talking. You know, here's the deal. You, you know, you get your your TV exposure. You get in there. You do a great job. And oh, by the way. He also got to do uh, Monday's game in Colorado, and he got to do, obviously, the full game under better circumstances. He knew Dad was doing much better and, and, and knocked it out of the park. So, uh, I that, what, an, what an exhausting schedule. I mean, uh, I made that trip to Indy probably once every three weeks when I was covering the Big Ten, and that was enough for me. But every weekend to do those games, flying to Atlanta, doing, uh, helping you guys out with, with the pre and post, uh, go, he's gone to Connecticut for these Olympics and in previous Olympics. I mean, he, here's a guy who doesn't say no to anything, and that's how I always tell young people trying to get in 
media at any level, you just keep saying yes, right? Right. And and, and working his tail off, and to to have the debut in that in that cir- circumstance is unbelievable. So uh, yeah, check out Charlie Romeliotis has a great piece. NBCSportsChicago.com. Blackhawks back in action on Monday night. They host Vancouver. It's a six thirty puck drop on the west side. So uh, check that out. Then they have one more game before next week's all-star break and it's not a real long break but uh did, uh, did, did danny zetterman and uh, Merck get back to you on our travel arrangements we got all that situated, yeah, the yeah. flights in the hotel i to Vegas? Uh, I, I don't think that's they've been, so here's the thing uh by the way danny zetterman has changed his last name to danny bonanza yes so bonanza it's been Monday. a bonanza yeah. fest here at espn 1000 with all the changes going on at hallis hall Monday's big press conference. So I think they've been a tad busy and the getting the hockey show to Las Vegas for the NHL All-Star break. I think that that has been placed on the back burner, Brian. Well, still some time. Yeah, yeah that's true. Hey, up here's next. A couple, uh, uh, here's a couple buffet tickets and here's your Greyhound <laughs> bus ticket and you'll be staying in uh, Reno. Yeah. Up, up next, uh, there's a guy that's going to join us who will be in Las Vegas next week. He'll be doing some work. You'll see him uh, on TV on Monday night on the Blackhawks broadcast in between the benches. Uh, you know him better as three-time Stanley Cup champion. He is Patrick Sharp. He joins the Hockey Show next on ESPN 1000. We're listening to The Hockey Show. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Taken along again and dropped into the allocator. Beats it on now for Nyquist to the back. Pulley on the boat. Fell. Pushed it on through. And is able to knife it further than it's thrown out by Jalmerson. Onside is sharp net. to hear Doc Emmerich calling our next guest goal. He's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's beloved in this city. Never has to pay for a drink for the rest of his life in this town. Uh, of course, he, uh, he jumped in the broadcast booth after retirement. Patrick Sharp joins us now on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Patrick. How you doing? Good morning, Patty. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, well, it was good to see you last night uh, in studio and at the United Center talking uh, Blackhawks hockey once again. Uh, as everybody here in Chicago has, has got to see you uh, at NBC Sports over the last couple of years, in studio, on assignment, at Stanley Cup Finals, where have you. But you, you had some opportunities to continue that this year as far as broadcasting goes. You decided to pivot a little bit. Bring everybody up to speed what you've been up to. Okay. Yeah, it was good to be in the building last night, uh, checking out the new studio. Uh, since NBC redid things there, that was the first time I was able to to get in and do a game with you and Colby. Had a lot of fun. It was neat to go over to the United Center and see a game with some fans. And again, last time I was there, it was an empty building, which was kind of a, a weird feeling. But uh, getting back to normal here, slowly but surely, and uh, I've just been taking it easy. We, we relocated back to New England. Uh, our family did, and I kind of reconnected with the University of Vermont. Head coach Todd Woodcroft there is, is doing a real good job of rebuilding the program and, and putting some good things in motion. And 
hopefully they got a good team that can compete in the next few seasons. But uh, learning what it takes to, to be a coach, I guess, would be my role with that team. I get the videos of practice uh, emailed to me. I'll get to the games uh, whenever I can, whether they're in Boston or if I drive all the way up to Burlington, I'll, I'll get there as much as I can. And Maybe if I see something with one of the younger players that I can help them out with and maybe a player development role, I've been doing that. So just kind of learning different things um, that are available to me uh, career-wise in the game of hockey. seems like when I stop playing, I guess this is my fourth season now, not playing hockey. Uh, I jumped right into the television thing, and it was an opportunity that was right there. Did it with NBC nationally. Loved doing the Hawks games with you guys. Uh, but I did that for three years, and it seems like uh, I was just ready for something new. So I, I still enjoy it. We had fun last night. Uh, Colby, yourself, and, and me, we, I think we had a good time. And I'm looking forward to doing the game on Monday with Pat and Eddie between the benches. But just trying to get a feel for what's out there and, and see what's next for me professionally. But basically what I've been doing for the last few months is just chilling with the family and making sure the girls uh, are adjusting to the move back to the East Coast. So, Patrick, you're learning what it all takes to get, you know, all the time and, and discipline it takes to become a coach. But you, you've played for a lot of coaches throughout, you know, get, even getting to the NHL. Derek King said he loved to stick around. It seems like the guys play for him pretty much every night. What, what traits should the Blackhawks be looking for in, in the next head coach, whether it's Derek King, you know, becomes a permanent coach or, or they go outside and find somebody else? So what, what works for you as a player most uh, first and foremost, when you're looking, yeah. when you're playing for a coach, right? I always looked at our head coach as the leader of the team, and uh, you know, within the locker room, we had some great players like Hosa and Taves and Kane and Keith and Seabrook, all these great leaders individually as players, but ultimately the guy that's running the show uh, is the head coach of the hockey team. So I want to I want a coach that that has those leadership qualities. And I've been impressed with what Kinger's been doing with the team. The, the players have responded. It's kind of been a, uh, two different seasons, really. They've played well uh, under Derek, and uh, they seem like they're competitive most nights. Um, and that's dealing with a lot of injuries and COVID stuff and, and weird lineups that they got to put together, just like every other team. So I'm not exactly sure what direction the Hawks are going to go in, but I've, impressed, uh, I've been impressed with what Kinger's been doing. I love his his attitude towards the media too, when he's answering questions, he's not pretending to be anybody that he's not. He's not trying to have all the answers. He's just being very honest and direct with the fans and the media. And I think as a player, uh, you can really respect that. So the guy played in the league a long time. Uh, Derek King did, and um, he's done a lot in the game. So he's, he's a veteran guy behind the bench there. And I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah, you play over 800 games and log over 600 points. You walk into that room with uh, instant credibility. Hawks are 15, 12, and 5 now under Derek King. Patrick Sharp joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. All right, the story of the year for this team has been uh, has been Alex Dabrinkit going from all-star status to... I, I, I think he's if he's not a superstar, he's knocking on that door. You had a front row seat to his rookie year. You knew, just like all the other Blackhawks fans, questions about his size and whatnot. Has has his production surprised you at all with what you've seen from day one till now? Uh, it's hard to say yes or no to that question. I'm I'm 
yeah, I am surprised with the numbers that he's putting up. They're, they're sick numbers. I mean, he's Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Austin Matthews, Alex Dabrinkit. That's that's the kind of company. <laughs> that's we're pretty damn about. good, right? I mean, if anybody's not surprised with that, then you know maybe uh, Mister and Mrs. Dabrinkit aren't surprised because they believe in their son all <laughs> along. But I don't know if Alex is surprised. But he's a player. He's a stud. And um, I heard all the doubts about him coming out of junior, and he had huge numbers in junior hockey. But his centerman was Connor McDavid, and then the next year it was Dylan Strome, who was Canadian Hockey League Player of the Year. So you would just think that he's riding the coattails of a good player. Uh, the second I saw him in training camp, it was actually the, the prospects camp where he was kind of playing against his own peers, uh, like the pre-prospects uh, tournament before training camp, and, and he was way better than everybody else. Uh, I wanted to see him in training camp. He was okay. But when I got on the ice with him, and I actually played on his line quite a bit that, that uh, I was going to say freshman season, his rookie season, um, I wanted him to have the puck because he was the one that was making the plays on our line. Uh, whenever it went over to him, he would finish it. But I loved him carrying the puck through the neutral zone. I think Ryan Hartman was our salmon for the time. We had a little bit of success. But I knew he was going to be good because hanging with him off the ice, he was all business about hockey. He loved the game. He'd watch hockey in his downtime. He'd pick up little details, trends that are going on across the league. He wasn't just a player that was, you know, last guy to the rink, let's get practice over with and get out of here. He was trying to get better, even at a young age as a rookie. And what I've noticed, guys, with him is his foot speed has really improved season to season. He's quick out there, and he uses that speed to get pucks back. Um, sometimes a tendency of a goal scorer, of a trigger man, is just to kind of hang around, let somebody get the puck to you so you can do your job and shoot it in the net. But but Cat's not doing that. He hunts pucks. He's a tenacious forechecker. He's strong on the puck. And uh, he's got all those offensive instincts. So, you know, playing with 88 on the other side of the power play certainly helps. Uh, we all know what Kaner can do distributing the puck and putting guys like Cat in a good position to score. But to go back to the top of the question, yeah, I think he's a star player in the league. It's great that he's going to the All-Star game. Hopefully more fans can can identify with him, kind of see some of his personality and and, um, and kind of build up his stardom a little bit. We see what uh, Dylan Strong's been doing with Patrick Kane and, and Brandon Hagel. And it you know it seems like every few weeks we're talking about Dylan Strom here in and out of the doghouse, in and out of the press box. And yet you see the last couple of games and you, you know the talent and abilities there. It's a consistency. What, what is his ceiling and, and you know what, what has been holding him back to this point? Well, not everybody breaks into the league with high expectations and just hits them every time and just becomes great players right from the start of the season. I mean, we go back to the last three or four or five drafts, and it was like those first couple picks in the draft, Matthews, Eichel, McDavid, McKinnon. All of a sudden, they step in the league, and they're all all all-stars. Dylan Strom was the third overall pick, and that didn't really happen for him in his first few seasons. But go back to his junior season, World Junior Hockey, Team Canada, he was the captain. Amongst his peers, he was lighting it up, putting up huge numbers in junior hockey. Sometimes the development process takes a little bit longer, and I'm definitely one that can speak to that. I didn't really get things going in my career until, I don't know, maybe 300, 400 games into my career. I was at age 25, 26, and I really started to feel comfortable and confident that I could be a star player. 
So maybe we're seeing that with Stromer now. It's, um, it's tough when you have those expectations and, and you're falling short, which has happened early in his career. He's on his second team. But you watch him play out there, he can make all the plays. He should be on the top unit power play. I think he's really good down at the goal line. He's got a big body that can uh, take the goaltender's eyes away. But where he really thrives is, is making plays from the goal line. Um, I noticed his body language after that hat trick game uh, against Detroit. He just looks like a different player. He's smiling. He's having fun. He wants points. So I'm not giving up on Dylan Strom uh, at this point. I think you just you stay patient with him. You put him in positions to succeed. And uh, let's hope he figures it out and becomes a star player that, that most people think he'll be. Patrick Sharp joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. So I think it's important to talk about patience when we, when we talk about player development. You talked about, you know, it took you a while to feel comfortable and you carried that through to a very successful career. Same might be said about Dylan Strome. We'll see if he can even tap into to more there and, and become a more consistent hockey player. Then we've got someone like Kirby Doc, who is still in the infancy of his NHL career, but because you're the third overall pick, people don't necessarily have the patience that they have for other players. What have you seen from Kirby? What kind of advice would you give Kirby Doc if 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 he asked for it? Yeah, that's another good um, example with Kirby. High pick in the draft, you're always going to be compared to players that were drafted before you, right after you, and what they're doing in the NHL. So it's tough when you when you have some hype coming into the league, but he's a big, big kid. He loves the game. Um, I got to know him when he was living with Siebes there for a couple seasons, and I like him a lot off the ice. Uh, he seems like he's a good teammate. I didn't get a chance to play with him, but hanging out at Siebes' house, he's one of the guys. Uh, I like the way he talks hockey. Uh, things that he picks up in a game, he can tell that he wants to be good as well. But you know, for him, I would—I uh, don't know—I I would try to get into his head and just maybe have him relax a little bit, tone down the expectations, focus on on what makes those centermen good players in the league, and what is it? It's faceoffs. It's being available in the defensive zone. It's um, putting yourself in a good position to always be in the play. I mean, Patrice Bergeron's a guy that that I look at just always in the right spot at the right time. Jonathan Tape, same, same mold. Um, the scoring, which I think hangs over these kids' heads a lot, it, it definitely did in my career. Like I'm always looking at numbers and, oh, I haven't scored in five or six games. i got to get one. At this point, it's, it's not really even that important. It's about learning the, the pace of the game, where to go to find success, and, and just be patient, have a good attitude, and, and things will hopefully work out, but but I'm with you, Pat. It's like when you're drafted so high and there's that hype behind the name, um, sometimes there's that extra pressure to want to get it done right away. But I'll put him in the same boat as, as Dylan. Just you know, develop the right way, and hopefully the best is yet to come. I'm still trying to figure out special teams have had you know the either side PK or PP issues throughout the season. Power play, power play last night, one scoring chance in almost six minutes. Is it more talent, system, attitude? Um, what to be more consistent, consistently really good? What do you need here? Yeah, the, Coach King talked about that after the game too. Though we got a couple early power plays in that first period, two of them, and, and the Hawks were a little sloppy with it. And when you're playing a team like Colorado, it's like you really got to be ready 
for your opportunities to score. And the best opportunity you're going to have to score is on a man advantage power play. So the Hawks were guilty of being a little sloppy with that yesterday when the game was on the line and they're making that comeback. They do get one in a six on five opportunity. Doesn't count as a power play goal, but it's, it's about attitude, I suppose. You know, us in the media, when we look at the numbers, sometimes those numbers can, they don't really tell the full story. Uh, the power play is there to, to help your team win, to grab momentum of the game and, and really make a difference. So you could be 0 for 5 and win a game on the power play, uh, depending on how that game plays out. But if you got the best team in hockey, Colorado Avalanche coming into town, you got to get together as a group and say, hey, maybe this power play can be the difference in the game. And had they got one last night, maybe it would have been. So I like the guys that are on the units. I mentioned Dylan Strome being on the top unit. Uh, I really like that. Kaner, of course, is going to be in his spot across from DeBrinkett and Seth Jones up top. That's a pretty good start for a power play. And Hagel finding a, a real knack around the net in that high bumper slot, tipping pucks, uh, retrieving pucks. I mean, if they got the right guys out there, it's just a matter of time before the numbers uh, start going up. Sharpie, you've got a pretty cool experience coming your way on Monday night. You're going to be between the benches. You've been away from the game for the last few years in a broadcasting role, but now you're going to be back in the trenches. And unfortunately, Tavesel will not be in action because he's in concussion protocol. But your good buddy, Patrick Kane, I'm sure will be chirping you. What do you, what do you <laughs> think that experience is going to be like uh, being down there ice level between the two benches on Monday night? I'm, I'm really excited about it. Pat. I love hanging with you and watching the games in the studio or at the, in the press box, uh, wherever we happen to be. But it'll be a new experience to be down right in between the benches. I'm hoping Kaner scores one. And then as he's coming by the bench, I'm going to stick my hand out. Hopefully he gives me a high five on the way by. We'll see if we can get that done. But uh, it would be nice if Johnny was out there playing. Um, an old teammate of mine and a good friend. Let's hope he gets back healthy. A couple friends on the Hawks team. I don't really know too many people on Vancouver, but uh, I'll be excited to be down there. And hopefully, Pat and Eddie take it easy on me. They don't make make fun of my hair or my suit or my shoes or something that they seem to always do. But either way, it's going to be a great experience. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we uh, we look forward to uh, seeing that on Monday night as uh, the Blackhawks are back in action against the Canucks. Sharpie, thanks for doing this. Great to have you back in town and back on TV and. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll see you on Monday night. Uh, you're the best, brother. Nice talking to you guys. That is three-time Stanley Cup champion Patrick Sharp. Coming up next, we hit the phone lines, 312-332-3776. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball, Chicago's Big Ten team. Coach Collins and the Cats host Rutgers, Indiana, Purdue, and Nebraska this February. They host Illinois this afternoon at Welsh Ryan Arena. Buy tickets now at nusports.com. The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I'm Pat Boyle. Thanks to Patrick Sharp for joining us. Our producer Tyler Aki, as always. Thanks to our sponsor Bettenhausen CDJR in Tinley Park. And uh, let's go to the phone lines, Brian. Let's bring in, if the hockey show 
uh, had uh, had an award for most loyal fan. This guy would get it. He is Rick in California. Good morning, Rick. You've been a stranger here. What's going on, buddy? Man, I've just I officiate high school basketball, and uh, I've just been nonstop for the last couple months. So, but I've been listening just later on. Okay, and uh, it's really good. it's good to hear the show. Um, a little frustrated with where the Hawks are at too. Um, it, I, I just, I've been spoiled for so long with them winning. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's been a struggle. Um, I have been a little dissatisfied, unlike a lot of people with Coach King. Um, and I think where that comes from is just from being spoiled with people like Joel Quinville. Um, so between winning and Joel Quinville, um, I, it's been hard for me to see the team lose some of these games that I'm so used to them winning. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, but here's the thing. They don't have the same talent. I mean, Q had five Hall of Famers on his team, and uh, he he's a fantastic coach, obviously. He's the second all-time winningest coach in NHL history. Uh, Derek King doesn't have a stable like that. Remember when he took over, he's like how fragile this team was. He said when they would get down two goals, you could, you'd, you'd see the, the TV cameras pan the bench and everybody's shoulders were, were sunken and, and you knew it was over. So, I mean, he's certainly not Q, uh, but they're 15, 12, and 5 under him. On a points percentage basis, they'd be in the playoff mix yeah. if, if he had started the season. Do you think that Derek King is, um, or Chicago, or one of the original six, is he the type of, would you be satisfied going for PB, going forward PB, with Derek King as your coach? And maybe that's not a fair question to put you in that. No, I mean, uh, I, look, it, it, I have no problem, but thank, thank you for the phone call, Rick. Um, from what I've seen, I, he was the right personality for this team at the time he took over. Uh, he really brought this group together. He had instant credibility. I do think, Brian, teams take on the the personality of their coach. Sure. You yeah. know, like Craig Berube in St. Louis, uh, in Carolina, Rod Brindamore. I do think there is – I do think the Hawks took on – uh, the personality of Joel Quenville. So going forward, it's a good question. I mean, I still want to see how things play out here. We've gotten to the point now where, you know, they're not out of games. They're in games uh, pretty much on a consistent basis. But to get to that next level, they need to find a way to win either Monday night in Colorado or last night, not start, as, as King said, with a quote-unquote sleepy start. Yeah, and uh, for what it's worth, our Twitter poll question, who do you want to stay, uh, Hawks fans? Kyle Davidson, Derek King, both neither. Kyle Davidson, 20%. Derek King, 15%. Both 14%. Neither, 51%. Um, you know, I think a lot of people feel the frustration that Rick does, that you, you were spoiled, you know what it looks like and what it takes to win championships. There's nowhere near that. So hopefully they either see a GM that uh, Kyle Davidson can get the job done moving forward and Derek King can do that, or with this new panel of uh, advisors, they can come up with uh, a tandem or one of, you know, a GM or a coach that uh, can get us back to uh, parades here in Chicago. What do you and uh, Xander have coming up next? Well, you know, uh, the Bears had an interesting week. Uh, they meatballs, did. Meatballs like me, uh, like I uh, still wanted an offensive guru. To, to It's all about Justin Fields. 
and they, of course, want defense. So uh, we have a lot to, to go over there. We have some Bulls talk. Uh, we've got a lot of time for phone calls from 11 to 1. So uh, we'll be having some fun, too, along the way. I'll be listening, Brian. That's going to do it for the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.